0: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz cov is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon, this is the COB. It's great to have your company. My name's Kyle Rodder, and it's been another poor day for the local market, to say the least. Let's get a look at it now the SIBO 200, finishing what is down by 0.54%. So just off the day's lows, but um, when it comes to the ASX 300, it is just above that 7,000 level. In fact, it has closed cash trade at uh, 7,008, having tested 7,000 on the dot. And I would imagine that's a pretty key technical level, psychological level for a lot of investors out there. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on, obviously, how the post-market auction wraps up as to whether, well, we potentially close below there. Uh, it would be fairly meaningful if we do. And it does take the last week uh, of losses to 2.7% now, the last three days or so uh, to, to about 3%. So uh, some, some weakness there in equities to say the least, but a few themes that we uh, were tackling throughout the day and then that uh, that did define the day by, by buyers, well, perhaps that is what we're seeing right now, a real absence of buyers to step in to uh, defend this market right now and uh, sellers seemingly in control deflation nation we'll get onto that a little bit with my guess but china's inflation figures showing a continued downward trend really in st- stark contrast to what's happening in the rest of the world where central banks are having to slam the brakes to try and cool runaway inflation and land of leisure we'll talk about Arden's results in just a moment but uh, beating expectations showing that travel and leisure spend is perhaps resilient and well, indicative of a resilient consumer as well. Time will tell, but it was certainly a good day's trade for Ardent Leisure. Let's get to some of that stock news now and actually straight into that story because Ardent Leisure's four-year group revenue rose to just shy of $84 million, with the company expecting to break even in the second half of 2023 and deliver its first positive full-year earnings result. This is despite flagging short-term macroeconomic headwinds leading some more moderate growth in the near term in the banking space meanwhile big moves over at westpac the linda has appointed a rba assistant governor lucy ellis to be its chief economist alice will replace of course bill evans who's been the chief economist since 1991 she'll start the role on october 9. and last of the big news stories of the day from a corporate perspective gqg partners it has reported a boost to funds under management in the months of june coming in just over 5.5 billion us dollars total fund was up to around 104 billion US dollars. Uh, let's zoom in on some areas of the market now that uh, were in focus, starting with the metals and mining sector. A fairly mixed picture. In fact, you could say that it was mostly a red one. The big three, BHP, Rio Tinto, and Fortescue Metals, all falling, and well, the sell off gathering steam throughout the day's trade, but the gold miners were higher Newcrest mining up by 1.2 percent a lot of that set up by a strong lead from us gold miners after what was those mixed us non-farm payroll figures which seems to weigh on the us dollar and boost the price of gold also in focus was the tech sector also delivering a mixed days trade however zero and wise tech bouncing back block also edging back towards that hundred dollar per share level meanwhile computer and ultium Lower the sector overall, however, finishing in the green. And consumer staples, also a weak part of the market today, down 0.95%. In fact, it was the biggest weight on the market overall from a sectoral point of view. And you can see Woolworths and Coles there, both off Metcash 2 after what was a reasonable week last week. There was some news coming out from the company that was traded reasonably, favorably by investors. Uh, it's down 0.5% for this Monday. And the stock of the day was Westpac. We had David Lane and Daniel Ortiz join us to chat with David Kosh about, well, whether they'd be a buyer of Westpac here.
1: But as far as an investment's concerned, we like Westpac at current levels. We've got an Accumulate recommendation on it. Uh, It's actually trading at pretty good fundamentals, uh, PE of about 10 times, and a dividend yield of 6.9% fully franked. Mm. So the gross yield is nearly 10% on Westpac. Uh, So definitely good from a a, a yield perspective. Um, And generally, we do find that banks uh, in rising interest rate environments make more money. Uh, We're certainly you know quite cautious
0: banking as a whole, uh, probably because we're coming off a, a peak in margins and a peak in profitability. So they are trading on higher yields, but I think that's the market kind of saying, you know, we're anticipating that to, to potentially fall, if not be very stable for the next few years. So, really, X growth. Um, one thing that we've been focusing on quite heavily is really the rollover from the RBA's TFF, the, the term funding facility, at that very low rate. And I think Westpac's probably one of the more well progressed banks in refinancing that. So, I think there are probably Reasons to be, you know, relatively positive on Westpac um, out of the big four, but keep in mind, um, you know, that they're talking up a, the cost out program. Uh, very difficult to, to manage when you've got, you know, rising cost inflation in, in their P and L base. So probably a few things to be cautious about. Uh, but we'd be happy to hold it here. Probably, probably not enough value at the moment for us to be buyers. Okay, so perhaps what of a screaming endorsement for Westpac from those two gentlemen. It is an argument that I've heard for a little while now that it is trading at a slightly bigger discount to its other rivals, but hasn't really seemed to be able to close that gap, at least not yet. Time will tell, but um, a little bit mixed there. Certainly won't be going to the investment committee. But, uh, well, let's get a wrap-up on the day's action now for that. Josh Gilbert from eToro joins me. Josh, uh, good to see you there. Um, it looks like the market really can't catch a break at the moment. Um, what is it? A fourth day of uh, losses now.
1: Yeah, well, exactly that car coming off a a pretty poor week last week. I think it was the worst week we had since September. And and that sort of was a little bit surprising given that we had a bit of optimism um, early in the week from the RBA, obviously keeping rates on hold. You know, I think the economic data that we we sort of had uh, throughout the week was showing signs that especially in the US that we're seeing that 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 economy weaken, um, you know, and, and particularly locally as well, that although the we we had that sort of pause earlier in the week you know investors were, were still sort of believing that you know the rba were going to keep their foot on the gas and it was it was that sort of quick change in in, in focus that okay we, we've we got a pause but it's probably a skip we're still going to see uh more hikes from here and i think as i say that 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 sort of you know digestion of that economic data especially you know earlier in the week we had the jobs data you know sort of initial jobless claims and then obviously later in the week the non-farm payrolls backing uh sort of that data up showing that we are starting to see the, the economy slowing after you know what has in the us been a pretty resilient economy all in all but yeah, the, the ASX can't sort of really seem to sort of catch a break at the moment. Um, you know, I think until we see that, that real pivot from the RBA, we may still see the market come under a little bit of pressure for now.
0: Of course, it all sort of ties back into that global theme as to, you know, uh, where rates are going and how long uh, they'll be there. The uh, jobs data on Friday night out of the United States, uh, something for everyone, but um, certainly seems to be um, telling us that the Fed is going to at least stay the course for now.
1: Yeah, I think that the jobs number was was mixed. I think, you know, that that's definitely something to take away from it. A Bit of a mixed blessing, if you like The I think that a strong jobs market and wages rising above inflation are, are obviously helping the consumer, uh, the economy and obviously, you know, going into earnings season company profits as well, which is, is really important. But it's also, you know, not great for those bearish investors who are, are calling for sort of a recession as well, because we saw a slowdown in the jobs number that we had but it was still a pretty strong number all in all and i think it will keep the fed on on the front foot for for hiking and i think it will need to see clearer evidence of a broader calling in the labor market which will obviously help feed into sort of lower underlying inflation i think that's also the case that we're going to get here locally as well that that jobs market is is still a headache for for governor low and it's the same for for jerome Powell. wages are, are still a uh, a big worry for, for both of those. and I think that markets in, in the U S they did react a little bit with some relief because I think it was braced for a stronger report, especially after the ADP private payrolls, um, the services PMI strength as well. But, but I think all in all, yeah, all the data that we've had from the U S in, in the last sort of couple of weeks is, is pointing to, you know, another hike coming from the federal reserve at the end of the month and, and rates staying a little bit higher for longer for now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. seems to be uh, the narrative for the moment. But, um, I mean, we can talk almost uh, the exact opposite for China's policymakers. The inflation figures there today, fairly soft. So, I mean, I guess we're all waiting for maybe a little bit more support uh, from the likes of the PBOC and the the central government over there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that reading out of China today is just sort of one of many of the economic readings that we had from china in, in recent months it's just sort of more confirmation that that sort of economic recovery is faltering and, and i think it just adds to what is as i say a mountain of, of evidence now that's in place for officials i think to, to sort of roll out further stimulus measures i think china is Continue to state though, that I think you know policy is going to be, it's going to be targeted. It's going to be well coordinated. It's not going to be a, a flood. I think they're going to sort of slowly turn on those taps that they're not going to flood this market and that sort of drove down expectations for, you know, a large stimulus package coming in, obviously we're looking for maybe targeted stimulus in in, say the real estate. Market, but these inflation numbers also, you know, feed the the, the fear of of deflation. You know, consumers and businesses are, are obviously continuing to hold back on on spending with the expectations that prices are obviously going to fall further, and then that obviously raises concerns of of price spirals as well. But I think, yeah, the, the data that we got from from China today, I think it just sets that scene for for further easing from the from the PBOC. And I think that could be good news for equities, you know, that they've they've really struggled so far in, in 2023, the Hang Seng has well underperformed global equities. And I think, you know, if we do see more action from, from the PBOC, as we had, I think it was at the end of June where they cut some key lending rates alongside what now looks to be a, a better regulatory environment, especially for those internet stocks. We saw on, uh, on Friday that, that there could be news that they're sort of wrapping up their, their long-winded um you, you know uh, look into these sort of chinese tech stocks uh, and i think that could very much put chinese tech back on investors radars because it takes a huge overhang away from those stocks again there were some big fines handed out especially for the likes of of ant group um obviously which is under the roof of, of alibaba but importantly it takes away some uncertainty there for investors so i think you know some more reason from the pboc Mixed in with that good news from the, the regulatory crackdown, I think makes a, a nice little mix there for, for those contrarian investors, particularly that are looking at the, uh, the Chinese tech scene that has is, is well underperformed uh, against sort of US tech, um, you know, and just broader, even in European tech and obviously Australian tech as well. But those valuations are obviously far more attractive um, than what you're getting in the US.
0: Yeah, incredibly compressed have been for some time. So perhaps one for the intrepid investor out there to uh, make a foray into into Chinese equities right now. Um, Last but not least, I mean, it's hard to ignore the fact that we do have US earnings uh, season basically kicking off at the end of the week. You know, we have had Nike and a few others uh, rolling through already. But um, I suppose you'd be uh, prepping yourself for obviously another, another big reporting period.
1: Yeah, some more early mornings back on the cards again. But no, yeah, I think the the this Q2 earnings is, is obviously going to be really important. Um, we've obviously coming off the back of a huge six months to, to sort of start the year, especially from the NASDAQ. Um, we've got bank earnings obviously coming through this week. They'll be obviously key to watch, especially on the back of you know the start of the year when we had uh, those banking um, issues. Net interest income has likely peaked, peaked across the bank. So earnings are obviously going to be in key focus. Um, You know, deposit inflows, deposit outflows, loan growth, you know, how is that holding up? That's going to really give us a nice signal in terms of the, the economy as well. Uh, looking to obviously those consumer names as well at the back end of the week, we've got Pepsi coming through Nike obviously really struggled last week as well. So that'll be another key one. I think though, for me, Tesla is going to be a sort of a a real focal point, I think of earnings season as well as something like NVIDIA. Those two names are going to be the the focal point for me, Tesla, just particularly because, you know, record deliveries in the quarter, but that is obviously going to put pressure on, uh, margins after obviously cutting prices at the start of the year. So margins are going to be really in focus. Consensus is for 20% gross margins on, on the automotive side. Anything below that, I think the stock's going to come under pressure, um, especially when your share price is up 127% uh, in the first six months of the year. And then obviously, NVIDIA obviously gave that blowout outlook for the second quarter. Uh, obviously, a big thanks to to sort of AI. But if they don't live up to those expectations, then um, we're definitely going to see some weakness there, which is, you know, their, their shares have obviously gained more than 150% year to date. So I think the key point here is that there's no margin for error for any of these tech stocks or any stocks that have significantly gained uh, so far this year.
0: It does seem that the bar is set reasonably high, or at least uh, a, a lot of set, uh, a big set of uh, optimistic assumptions uh, being sort of baked in, perhaps. But uh, time will tell. Josh, uh, really appreciate you getting us across what we need to know. Josh Gilbert from Atari, we'll talk soon.
1: Thanks, Carl. See you, mate.
0: Okay. Well, let's get across the leaders and laggards now, starting off with the leaders. And um, a lot of gold, as you can see on your screen. So uh, take... Uh, that for what you will. There's certainly that, um, well, weaker US dollar story that emerged after non-farm payrolls. Figures, maybe something more to it with this risk aversion in the market, I don't know. But nevertheless, if you are exposed to gold, at least today, you're uh, that slight uh, bit better off. Um, Let's get to the laggards though. Looking at, well, Tabcorp down 3.3%, points bet as well. So actually, let's just have a look at that because there's a thematic for you. must be some news around regulation there that we haven't quite picked up on yet. And if you uh, just uh, deal with my uh, chatter for a moment, I'm just gonna see if there's anything there that we can find that is behind the move in both of those names. I'll have to keep an eye on for it, uh, out for it because I can't really see it off the top of my screen. It, it does seem relevant though, so I'll keep digging around. Uh, Tab Corp falls. Um, listen, I'll, uh, I'll get back to you if I can find something. But uh, for the time being, it would seem that there's something rather relevant, obviously, to the gaming space there. Um, Magellan still falling after reporting some fund outflows last week and a broker downgrade today. Santa Barbara barking the trend when it comes to the gold space. South 32 also down 2.6%. And uh, I can see here, possible gambling restrictions uh, is is maybe the story when it comes to those uh, gaming stocks. Uh, To the small cap, leaders and laggards now, across the screen, cobalt blue up by 17.7%. Ardent leisure, uh, we did speak about that a little earlier, just about the much better than expected results, up by 13.5% by the end of the day's trade. Uh, CTR logistics, also up 11%, so specific edge, going to the laggards now, for the small caps, OneView Healthcare down 25%, a fairly significant drop. European lithium also down 14% with next ed 2 off by 13 and a half. Now let's get to what's on overnight now. Just very quickly, not too much news, but we are going to get a lot of color this week and going into the next few weeks before the Fed's next decision, which is the back end of this month, from Fed speakers, and uh, well, the minutes last week seemed to speak of a certain level of division amongst board members about the path forward for interest rates. So, some of these comments will be crucial as the market tries to decipher whether the Fed will go again in July, and more crucially, whether it has one or two more hikes left up its sleeve. Could even be more, but it would seem that that, that is the debate at the moment. We've also uh, got Bank of England Governor Bailey speaking. Obviously, his job has been rather difficult. Scrutiny on him rather high, especially as we go into what is actually some UK employment figures tomorrow night. But uh, we'll have to wait another 24 hours until they come through. And let's get a a look at the day ahead tomorrow, Westpac consumer sentiment and now business confidence. So it's all going to be about how you're feeling out there. One would assume that not so good, although maybe we'll get a bit of a boost in those readings off the back of the RBA's decision to pause interest rates earlier on in the month. Okay, well, uh, we may as well leave it there for another day. Remember, you can catch up on all the news and interviews on your website and app. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning.